Hello, foodies, and welcome to Fut in Review. It is December 8, and we are recording season 4, episode 37, or our 357th episode. Remember, if you like this podcast and feel like we deserve to grow and inform even more people about all things FIFA, then hit that like, subscribe, follow, or share button. And even better, tell your friends or family. And if you're an even bigger fan and you can spare about a buck a week, why don't you consider joining our Patreon? So check out patreon.com forward slash footinreview and see how many amazing benefits we can provide you with, including access to our very active Discord server. And talking about patrons, of course, big shout out to everyone that's supporting us, but a special shout out goes on to Reese and Amar for supporting us as Skybox owners. They will receive a free coaching session each month from a team at Foot Coaching, but they also get this special shout out every single episode. My name is John, founder and coach at Foot Coaching, and joining me tonight is Food and Review Teddy Beer himself, the man from Adam. It is Chris. Hey, John, how are you? I believe we're talking to you from a new studio. Definitely, yeah. First recording from the proper studio. I hope everything is soundproof enough to, to get us through the night. But uh, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Feels good being back and uh, with surrounded with proper gear and no echo anymore. <laughs> no, you're sounding loud and clear, sounding as good as ever. Uh, uh, congratulations on the house move and the new studio, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, yeah, weird times, but it feels good. Um, just need to get used to some things, right? Uh, including yeah. the new mechanics we have on tonight because we have a... A uh, new sound panel, we got a new microphone, and uh, let's see if we can get uh, this show sounding as professional as we can do, uh, Chris. And talking about professional, it's also going to be a weird show, since EA is leaving us uh, hanging with content, um, as expected, quite honestly, because we are expecting a new promo coming up shortly, right? Foot, footmas or foot freeze, as it's probably called this year. Um, you had the great idea to switch roles for a night, Chris. So what are we up to? Yeah, it's the Grandpapa Mac takeover. We're going to grill you tonight, John. We're going to find out all about you, about your podcast history, and also about foot coaching. Which uh, makes me nervous for my own podcast, which is also a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try and be gentle with you, but the, the, the chat has definitely asked us some uh, probing questions. Uh, so you want to take over the show now for real? Yeah, let's do that. Um so, everybody, welcome to the Grandpapa Mac Takeover. Uh, John said there's going to be professional. I'll do my very best, but can't promise anything. Just a very, very, very quick mention um, to the team of the week, or as Old Bugger called, called it in the Discord, Fodder of the Week. Um, this uh, team of the week is absolutely dreadful. Um, coming in at uh, 500,000 coins for the whole team. Uh, we had a quick look before we started the podcast, and last week's... Uh, Team of the week is actually six point two million more almost. Um, is there any players, John, we want to quickly mention uh, that of any interest to anybody who would be playing weekend league or have some red picks? Be an elite player. Uh, I'd skip weekend league if it's up for the red picks. Quite honestly, <laughs> I don't think any of these cards are really worth it. Um, yeah, I think there's only so there's only one card there uh, over hundred k, which is Mister Coman, uh, an eighty-seven rated. Uh, right midfielder, 156, uh, four-star skill moves, and the dreaded three-star weak foot, and his aggression is 36. 
So if you ask Mr. Coleman very nicely for the ball, he will definitely pass to you, and he's injury prone. So and he'll give you uh, he'll be fifty k by the end of the weekend. It's my guess. Here. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's been a bad week for uh, the top players, but this is definitely a dreadful team of the weekend. Maybe one that we should just skip by very quickly. Yeah, the only one that looks reasonable is uh, Immobile. Uh, Chiro, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, still three-star skills. He's not end up be all, but for Serie A strikers, which are very lacking in strikers this year, might be a good choice. But he's just, well, he's already at forty k, something like that. So we'll drop more. Um, of course, a special shout out has to go to final player Brian Linse for being the smallest player in Edivisie, but keep scoring from headers. Um, of course, he's ninety-six jumping, which helps, and he gets a deserved. Team of the week card, but still, that card is already on, on this card prices. So I'll pick one up, put in the club, and uh, I think we'll should leave it at that. Definitely, definitely. So, John, are you ready? I'm definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do very quickly, as we always do with any of our guests, and we're counting you as a guest tonight, even though you've been on hundreds of shows. We're going to ask you some uh, quick fire questions. So we need some rapid answers from you. Um, so the very first question is, what team or teams do you support? Yeah, Feyenoord is the main team, of course, definitely, right? Uh, I do have a weak spot for Juventus, obviously, but Feyenoord would be the, the team for me. Definitely. Any reason why you picked Juventus? Uh, I just went to Turin a lot of times. Due to right. Uh, I sort of fell in love with him uh, while visiting Turin. So. Cool, cool. Second question. Who is your football idol, one past and one present? Uh, present has to be CR7, quite honestly. I know it might be a very device answer, but uh, yeah, I just like his mentality a lot, right? His work, uh, his work and attitude. Um, present, there's a lot of players there, though, but uh, um, I used to be a goalkeeper, and if I have to pick one goalkeeper who was really an idol back then, I even got signature and... Um, he's been in the game this year as well. It's going to be uh, Jetsy Dudek. All right. If I have to pick an outfield player, though, like uh, uh, then it would be, of course, Marco van Basten, even though he played for Ajax. Um, but yeah, he would my he was my idol when I grew up. Even have a signed shirt here. Maybe you know about that. No, but <laughs> yeah, definitely um, one of the AC Milan three, isn't he? Exactly. Um, I was surprised. I thought you were going to say like Ed De Hoy or. Van der Sar or one of those guys, but Jersey Dudek, what makes you like him so much? Uh, maybe it's just the time when I, um, I think that's around the time I started playing football at a pretty high level, and he was a goalkeeper of Feyenoord back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came into the squad when I think I made my first uh, semi-pro contract, and sort of was following him as my, uh, the way he, go- he played, not very tall necessarily, right? But his mm-hmm. style really... Uh, yeah, really would uh, fit my own. I think that's uh, that's sort of how I tended to try it at least. <laughs> Could also compare it with Ike Casillas, right? I think it's about the same uh, type of goalkeeper. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, third question then: What other video games do you play, if any? Uh, not that much, quite honestly, at the at the moment. Um, but I do definitely like some good single-player story games. Um, so there's not one particular game which I'm currently playing, but games like Spider-Man, God of War, stuff like that, which you can just sink your teeth in for 20, 30 hours. Um, mm-hmm. 
I usually tend to play. There's a, one series which is definitely my favorite next to FIFA, though, and that has to be all the Dark Souls games, which I know is a yeah. very uh, um, niche game, but I'm also a very kind of niche person, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, I love God of War myself. That is one of my, my favorite ones. I'm looking forward to the game coming to PS5, hopefully very soon as well. Um, outside of gaming, we know you're a very busy man. Um, what do you do to relax? <laughs> uh, not much time. Not much time to relax, quite honestly. Uh, and I think the proper answer should be uh, spending time with the family. Although yes. I do really like to watch movies. Um, like... If I have the time, just sit back, put everything, all the lighting good, get the good TV up, um, and just watch watch a good movie. That's definitely one mm-hmm. of my favorite pastimes. Used to go a lot to the cinema, but the last 18 months have been on and off with cinemas. So uh, now I just bought a new TV on recommendation of uh, uh, a certain Chris, maybe you know him. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful TV, man, I'm jealous. So no more cinemas for me now. <laughs> Budget's gone. <laughs> And then, well, that's a great segue. It's almost like you knew, read my mind there. So we always ask this question to everybody who comes on the pod. Which movie star plays you in the film about your life? Yeah, that's somewhat, something I didn't actually prepare at all. Uh, but I guess if it would be... Uh, uh, Edward Norton would be a great great, uh, great pick, I think. I like him. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> and he's a great actor as well. He's not you know, a great man, I've heard, but hey, that's something else. Oh, need to look into that one. Yeah, he's a very, very good actor, isn't he? Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah, great stuff. So now into the main bit, we're going to really, as I say, going to grill you here. So I'm going to ask you about your podding history. First question, of course, is how did you get into podcasting? Uh, um, that's an interesting one though uh, I, I always um, I'm like a tech nerd and whenever something new comes I always try to check it out so the moment podcasts started existing I started listening in I was at a thing for radio um, which I'm uh, like hey now I can actually sort of make radio myself without actually having to work as a DJ somewhere um, but it's talking about FIFA podcasting maybe I was a huge fan of uh, a former podcast called Foot FM which was hosted mm-hmm. by Goron, uh, Dr. Poplov on Twitter, which who now works for, for EA, um, and Valerio, uh, Italian Stallion, maybe you guys know him. And they mm-hmm. host a podcast, which I was a really big fan of. Um, sorry, I got a little bit distracted. What's going on? You, you put the fire in the... <laughs> no, so I, I live on a main road. I do apologize. This is real life here. This is real life podcasting. And unfortunately, the blue lights are going past our, our house, even though I'm fairly high up upstairs uh, I do apologize, John. No, don't worry. As long as it isn't in your house, I think it's all right, right? Um, well, no, so I was a big fan of Food of Um I reached out to them a couple of times and stuff and uh, sort of got into uh, the habit of podcasting. That was interesting. Then uh, I got invited for a podcast called uh, What the Food. It's currently mm-hmm. uh, in hibernation, we can all say. Um, I got invited on as a guest just before the end of the season. I got a shout out, of course, Steve Adam and Tom for that. Um, quite an, quite enjoyed my appearance there, really liked it. Um, in that summer, they invited me actually over, because Tom had to stop, and uh, they invited me over to co-host the show with them. And that was my first series of FIFA um, hosting experience as actually a podcaster, I think. Mm-hmm. That lasted about half a year, and then we started Food Review. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's where I first picked it up, John. Uh, that podcast, that was a good podcast. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, a good bunch of guys as well. I hope they're all doing well. Um, as far as I know, everyone's back. doing fine. Yeah, ah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Just so that people get a, a little peek behind the curtain, can you kind of tell us, tell the listeners, an idea of how the pod is created? Uh, you mean how it started or how it actually... Uh, no, no, how we, yeah, how it started and also how we record it as well. You know, just to give you an idea of, you know, the kind of work that you, yourself and uh, Wimby and Nathan do, you know, to get that uh, feed out there to everybody. Um, so it, it depends though, because I have a different, um, <laughs> different workflow, I think, than, than Daniel does. Uh-huh. Um, well, give us, give us your one then, John, how, how it works for you. So... You know, I think I think the very first episode you did with um, Ingvi and Andrew, you kind of spoke about you guys, if I remember it rightly. It was just seemed like a wee while ago, doesn't it? Um, so, how did you guys come up with the idea of a foot review first, and then we'll talk about how we how we create the pod? Uh, cool question. No, so uh, I started the podcast with Ingvi. I have to shout out him though. Andrew joined later. Um, not any discredit to Andrew, of course, but definitely was Ingvi and me started this. Um, how it started out, we were in a uh, WhatsApp group with old guys playing FIFA, and I was actually the youngest. Um, I'm still old, but not that old. <laughs> um, and we actually had the idea of starting a podcast. Um, and then we got invited. Then I got invited to What the Foot, and the idea sort of left out was left out there. But we had the idea of putting out a podcast, um, which brings out. Well, we started as a daily podcast. We wanted to bring out more content, um, bigger, like smaller episode, but with more filled content. So quick doses every day. My dream situation was when you wake up, there's a new episode, right? Um, so mm-hmm. we started that with Ingvi and it started out actually as a, just a stream. We recorded it, put out the stream, um, starting hosted that manually. <laughs> it was a lot of work getting those feeds out back then. And uh, these days it's it's a lot easier, but that's how we started um, in the end, though, Andrew, after a couple of episodes, Andrew joined. Uh, we started growing from there, but doing a, uh, a daily podcast um, while also trying to manage two jobs, uh, uh, getting two kids um, was a bit of a <laughs> of big task. So um, we changed that to three, I think, one and a half years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the question, how do we actually cre- create it, right? Um mm-hmm. That's, I can only speak for myself. I do know how, probably how Dan does it, but uh, for my side, what we do, we have some, uh, these days we have some pretty cool equipment running. So we have a road, Roadcaster Pro, it's called, which is a device that captures separate audio channels. So how we do it now is we're on the Discord, we are recording, but your channel is captured separate from my channel. Um, and that includes everything from the guest as well. And we also have like music we can play and stuff like that. Um, the good thing about it is we've got meters running, audio level meters, so that makes it easier for me to see how hard I have to talk or um, if I have to put a guest louder, stuff like that. Or yeah. if there's background interference, I can actually see it without anyone hearing it, um, which takes a lot of time away from a post-editing process or post-recording process, I should say. So after podcast is done, we um, well we export it to the devices uh, usually a macbook or something doesn't really matter which device it is um there i audio check in on background noise uh, see if the levels are still worked out usually when we do record 
through the uh, roadcaster though most of the editing is already done uh, by the processing during the show um so not much goes on afterwards unless something went horribly wrong um daniel has a bit of a more difficult process because he doesn't have a roadcaster so he needs software mm-hmm. to capture all these tracks separately and if one of the software crashes or doesn't work we're pretty much without audio uh so that one is harder um but yeah wish i could buy everyone a roadcaster but it's not very cheap equipment, unfortunately. <laughs> I was going to say, is that Girac and Craig? Is that who we? Yeah, so those are use? those are the software that uh, they are. They called Craig and Girac, and indeed, those are bots which record separate tracks in Discord. So if you want to start your own, that's a cheap way of starting, right? Uh, unfortunately, not always um, reliable. <laughs> uh, but the yeah. roadcaster fortunately is right so as long as we have internet we can go and if we have to lo- host local podcast there's no problem as well we can at least connect four different microphones to the roadcaster for different headsets um, mm-hmm. so that, that saves a lot of effort on our side um, then it gets uploaded afterwards towards a hosting platform in our case you can give them a shout out it's called anchor.fm and and what Anchor does, it pushes out our feed, our podcast, our content to all kinds of podcast hosts, so to speak. So uh, podcast players, so iTunes, Spotify, you name it. It pushes it out there. Um, and of course, it creates a separate link um, for the Patreons. So that way we can upload the audio first to the Patreons uh, and later put it on the World Wide Web. And that's without all the social media things going on and the clips we have to edit to promote us, of course. Yeah. No, definitely. I think I've got the easy job, John. I just come and join the Discord and jump on the recording channel. And, uh, you know, I know you guys do a lot of work in that and we really do appreciate it. I just thought it was important that the listeners get a wee idea of actually what goes in to make this great pod, you know, and the hard work that you guys, you guys put in. Thanks for that. I was going to ask you as well, John, is um, where did the decision come from to make the pod family friendly, you know, to be critical but not negative and not go down the usual normal foot, football culture route? Uh, basically, that's the whole reason, right? Um, mm-hmm. So when I was uh, listening to other shows, um, the, thing I wa- like, the thing I don't want to go into is, is negativity, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. I think it's okay to be critical at stuff as long as you don't get negative. There's too much negativity going around in the world. And although I'm not a uh, very, very, like, natural pos- positive person, maybe I am, but I'm not like, there's no negativity in this world. Or, uh, but I think there's enough negativity going around. And when you look at FIFA, there's, if you look at what gets the most clicks on videos or uh, social media hits, it's always the complaints, right? Um, mm-hmm. And... When I was scrolling through my Twitter line, I was like, you know what? I really don't feel like... And then I put up all the podcasts. I'm not going to name names, but it's usually very negative. It's got cursing in it. I'm like, you know what? If I want to do something for fun, that's not something I want to spend my time on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we decided that's one of the golden rules of our podcast. Keep it family friendly. We might do some uh, um, explicit content, but we'll do always we'll do that separate, right? Um, yeah. So those will be marked explicit. That will be on different channels and stuff. Um, not that we actually did many of those, but if it is, we're putting it out there. Um, and I think it helps us to to reach a bigger audience than before. Um, 
But yeah, but mostly stay positive. You're listening to this uh, in your own free time. Your own free time is usually best spent doing positive stuff. So we try to contribute to that. Great stuff. Great stuff. So other than my dad jokes, what do you enjoy most about podcasting? Uh, dad jokes? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I like most about podcasting? I like it's a very um, easy entry platform to um, to make content, right? Um, mm-hmm. So personally, I don't mind being on camera or putting, I, I really don't mind all those things. Um, but if you're, you want to make content or you want to get heard or you want to tell a story, you can, everyone can start a podcast and start off free. You don't need equipment for it. And I really like the fact that podcasting can be for anyone. And it doesn't matter if you're doing this as a, as a hobby, right? Uh, if you want to mm-hmm. do a podcast about storytelling, if you want to do a podcast about, I don't know, dad jokes for all I care, right? You start making a podcast about dad jokes. If there's five people listening to it, you made five people's day days uh, better. And that's there's no other platform that can do that. Sure, you can do YouTube, but YouTube only gives you like a proper channel name after you reach 100 subs. Podcasts, you have your image out there. You got your links out there for free at the end of the day which is something I don't think any other platform can provide you with. You can go to your family and say, hey, mom, listen to my uh, Spotify. I'm on Spotify now, which is crazy if you start thinking about it, right? Then, 10 yeah. years ago, you had to go find a producer if you want to get something out there. That's, I think, the main um, point I really like about podcasting on its own. Oh, Brian, mate, Brian. I have to say, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, I love the Discord. Uh, and the fact we've got a live chat as well, uh, which is open to all our members of our Discord, and they're, they're joining in at the moment, and they're, they're sending us a loads of questions. Um, just the last question on podcasting, John, is um, where did Drop It come from? <laughs> so i got to give a shout-out to uh, Infrared Flare. Uh, go have a, look, have a look at him on uh, Instagram. Um, he used to listen to the What The Foot podcast, and I think he's a friend of Steve, uh, the host of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to get an intro song, right? So we we get in contact with him, and he's a music producer. So like, you know what? Uh, I'm really looking f- looking to get a uh, <laughs> an intro song going for our new starting podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's not like I can, I don't know, pay you to do a whole production of it. And he basically said, well, we re- I really like the fact what you're doing now. So you know what? I'll make you guys a custom uh, theme song. So he came up with the Drop It in the actual theme song itself. So that's the main reason why um, we you know, we had a theme song which contained Drop It. I was like, yeah, we need to incorporate that somewhere, right? So why don't <laughs> Drop It any end? Well, that is, that is um, podcast legend I didn't know about there, even though I've been on the pod many a time. That's amazing. An amazing story, mate. Um, thanks for that. Thanks. For, it was really, I think it's really interesting just for people to know, you know, the fact that we have podcast history, etc., you know, and it, it comes along. You guys are great at it. You know, yourself, John, really great at making ourselves. Everybody who comes on the pod is always made to feel welcome. I think we all, I still get a buzz, even though I've been on the pod a few times. I still get a buzz on it. And you were great for me on my first one. I remember how nervous I was, and you just helped me through it. It was absolutely brilliant. So thanks very much, mate. You're a natural, mate, so don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. So let's go to your foot coaching then. Let's talk about that. So very much like the podcast, I'm going to ask you, um, 
how you got any foot coaching, but also, oh, bugger, let's put a question as well as, how did your family react as well when you took this as a choice, this choice for your career? That's the first one I got to answer. <laughs> That's <laughs> your first one. <laughs> um, well, my family actually um, pushed me to try, quite honestly. Right. Um, so, yeah, the thing is, I've been foot, I've been doing foot coaching stuff for the past four years, right? So how did you first start, John? How did you get first get the idea to, to do foot coaching then? Um, well, mostly because I was not good at it. I was too old and not good at anymore to participate with some of the pros and stuff. Uh, uh-huh. And then I was watching uh, streams from players. And I was like, you know what? If you do it like this, you can change it. Or if you change your mindset, or maybe you should have a chat. Uh, and some of these players really uh, liked the idea how we did that. So we had coaching, mm-hmm. and they already had coaches, right? Other players coach other players usually. And I was like, you know what? But I came from a uh, professional football mindset. Um, I did a lot of management training before and stuff uh, on my former job, or yeah, just as it is now my former job. Like, you know, what if I take that experience? What if I take that mindset, also that positive coaching attitude that we think we have, right? Um, and then I started coaching people. Let's see how that goes, right? Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I think that that uh, we hit the ground running with that, uh, so it kind of, kind of took off. And, um, I think the main things about it is that we always try to be positive, so we want we wouldn't want to go into an area where I suddenly you know what anyone can tell someone how what they do wrong, right? But mm-hmm. something we at foot coaching, and I say we now because now we have a team, of course, but when I saw it was me, um. Something I always want to do is not tell you you did this wrong. No, no, no. You just did well. You can pay attention or you can focus on these things. And this is how you're going to pay attention to it. And this is what it will give you, provide you with. Right? Uh, I think one of the things I found really important is not only to focus on the, the input of the controller itself, so not only like uh, focus on the mechanics, but also focus on uh, tactically. There's where my coaching and my trainer assets from real-life football came from. Um, but also, like mentality, focus. I want to make sure eSports, and um, go talk professional FIFA, uh, eSports gets seen as a proper sport, as an actual sport. These are not eSports players. These are actual athletes, right? And although they're not like um, jumping fences or uh, doing 200-yard runs, they are performing on the high pressure. And I think with my experience and with the... Uh, maybe my age as well, right? I think that's something we can help these players with. So that's how we started. Um, coming back on the question uh, from Alborgret, though, say, <laughs> say um, how do your family, your family react to this choice of career? Well, like one and a half year ago, I said I, I had a management job, right? Uh, and um, one thing I said was, you know, you know what? I want to. Um, I, I was doing both of the things, so I was working there. And I was doing foot coaching, and well, foot coaching grew. And uh, my, uh, I was actually saying, well, maybe we should just try to do it a little bit less. So I, I went to three days a week, started from there, and the rest of the days I spent foot coaching. Uh, but you're actually basically working seven days a week, about 12 hours a day. <laughs> uh, and uh, my fiance actually said this summer, uh, like, you know what, what you should do? Why don't you go for foot coaching? So, like, um, yeah, but what about salary, the company car, the benefits we have, stuff like that, right? 
So yeah, mm-hmm. okay, that's that's true. But the most important thing, you're teaching players to change their dreams. You're changing players to be positive, to focus on things. When mm-hmm. we look at you doing food coaching, you're positive, you're focused, you're happy. But then you go and strike another deal tomorrow. Yeah, sure, you get happy about the deal, but not necessarily about the deal itself. It's like it's something you do automatically, basically, these days. And it doesn't really make you happy, does it? I'm like, yeah. You you might be correct, but it's still a big step. So I'm like, you know what? Let's go for it. Just do it. So that's why we uh, we jumped in. So talk about how do the family uh, reacted. Well, they actually uh, said, go for it, go for it and, and try it. So all well, I think. Uh, good, mate. So really, we should give a big shout out to Mrs. Foot Coaching then, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, most definitely should, yeah. Yeah, we should give a big shout out. Big shout out to Mrs. Foot Coaching. She sounds like an absolute gem, mate, uh, to do that for you. You know what I mean? Um, I was going to ask you, just as you talked to you, is how your coaching journey has changed from how you used to do it at the start to where we are now? I think the biggest difference isn't set in the mentality or the, uh, the process. It's all process-based what we change, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we used to, we can't, we couldn't do much in the days. We did live sessions, stuff like that. We tried everything set in stone. But I think the biggest change came when we struck a partnership with the Gaia Sports, which is an organization in the Netherlands. I'm going to be giving them a shout out. Because I was thinking from my professional photo days, I really like data, right? Data-driven software, mm-hmm. um, video analysis, stuff like in real uh, pitch football. Like, why don't, we do, uh, why don't we really have that in FIFA, right? Sure, we have some yeah. statistics, but that's it. So I called them and like, you know what? I'm really interested in using data. But quite honestly, we're not on the professional football level anymore. They also use the software, which uh, it's called Godin, but that's also uh, a sister variant of that. Knox Sports is used by Manchester City and Liverpool, for example. And mm-hmm. uh, almost all La Liga teams use the same software. It's like, I really want to use that software, but I can't pay for it. It's <laughs> uh, like, okay, yes, why would we do that? Right? Like, uh, and I told them the story about how I think esports is going to be the next big thing. How uh, no one in the esports scene is actually doing this. How uh, we have, uh, along with Aaron, of course, a really uh, organized and professional team these days. Um, it's like you know, let's just try it. And the good news is, um, and that's the news flash from this week. We uh, re-signed our partnership. We extended the partnership yesterday, so we got signatures going, and we'll be working for at least another year with them. But uh, I don't see this ending mm-hmm. anywhere soon. But I think the use of data really helped us mainstream our processes. Uh, helped us convince players and teams uh, and also is really helping out now on the professional side of FIFA uh, where we can actually not only analyze date, like analyze opponents for our, let's say, Pax Waller, for example, um, but mm. we can also just show the players where the weaknesses are, what the options are, what they did, um, what they can do different and why that can be different. And numbers don't lie. And I think that's the biggest thing we changed during the course of year. And of course, the equipment got fancier, and we we got things smoothened out. And we did it. I mean, I analyzed myself over fifteen hundred matches in the last year or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you get faster in it, but that's experience, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So you did mention that there, John. Then esports is a new venture for foot coaching. How have you found it, and how is it progressing? Uh, well, not necessarily a new new venture, right? We did create our own team this year. So mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's what I mean, yeah. That's new. Yep. Um, so we have been coaching in DVC. We have been coaching a professional teams or all the pro players. 
but this year we started our own team with Salmon and Ryan, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's different. Um, I think we definitely know how to guide players, but it's different when you're not neutral anymore. So we used to get sort of uh, calls flown in uh, when people needed us or when teams needed us. Um, so we had the pleasure of coaching Feyenoord last year, right? Well, not during yeah. the, during the whole season, but only during the time they had to make playoffs and there were five matches left. Uh, those are the jobs we used to do. And this year we wanted to do it differently by showing everyone what what the progress is if you start off uh, working with us right from the start. Uh, and it has this, uh, it's a, a teaching course from us as well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's cultural differences. Uh, Salman is from Pakistan. It's a brilliant country. It's a brilliant culture, but it's different. Um, and I'm learning every day from that as well. I think that is uh, very interesting. Uh, so far, the results are pretty pretty decent, right? Uh, we, of course, mm-hmm. we're not going to do a world championship. Or uh, If we do, it's good. If we don't, this year's experience is, and, and make sure we all get uh, together. We get a team going, right? Get our names out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, do, I do like to say, I do think it's very cool to see as well that for example, the Premier Leagues work so much differently than the EDVG does in the Netherlands mm-hmm. or how things go in Pakistan compared to the rest of the world. I think those things are, you can know about it, you can read up about it, you can uh, YouTube about it or chat about it, but if you only experience this by having your players out there, I think then you actually know everything that's going on in the background and which makes it far more interesting and makes it uh, makes me learning every day as well. Yeah, no, definitely. So I was going to, I'm going to bring in a, a question for you, Tommy, if that's okay. Um, just sort of talking about esports, and he uh, says, just a question in regards to coaching and esports organisations are approaching things. As someone who played and been around esports since 2007, I've never really saw any importance being put on the mental side of the game. Do you think organisations have upped their game now and realised just how important the mental well-being of their players are in regards to getting the result on the virtual pitch? Uh, really cool question. Um, the answer is going to be yes and no. <laughs> um, yes, because there are definitely organizations out there and one of the partners we work with is Home of Esports that really care about the well-being of their players. I think everyone cares about the well-being of the players. Let's put it out there. Right? Um, but I don't think everyone sees the uh, direct benefits of working on those aspects with those players. Meaning... Uh, players are very likely to deep dive into, hey, how do I take these shots? What did I do wrong here? How can I improve? How can I get the next results better? Uh, but the mentality side of things, how do you prepare for pro, like pro-level sports? How do you make sure you stay... Um, well, like eating, dehydration, hydration and stuff is also very important, right? And everything, mm-hmm. how do we get into a flow state? Stuff like that is usually not talked about yet in esports and that's something we really try to focus on um, but that's just can be a struggle there are organizations who don't care at all about their esports team uh, let alone their players right so they bring mm-hmm. in another organization to host those and be done with it like for example in the edvc teams have to put out players because they're obliged to but they might not want to spend money into um, esports at all so there's also no pressure on those players, but there are also teams that put in a lot of money and expect high performances of those players. 
which put in a lot of pressure on those players, which is sometimes very uh, underrated, um, I mm-hmm. think. And for us, it's also because we um, there are not many organizations trying to help uh, these pro teams as we try to do, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. it's for us also the struggle, so convince organization that it's not just a matter of pressing a button at the same time, but it's also how to deal with pressure. Uh, it, for example, I think everyone can relate if you say, uh, talk about weekend league qualification these days, not even pro level, right? You need to win five out of yeah. nine. That's already mm-hmm. a bit of pressure. And then uh, multiply that by doing a Champions League qualifier over two days with the same amount of matches, right? Um, mm-hmm. While streaming, while having the kit from the organization which they pay you, um, having to wear that and presenting them, uh, making sure that when you're actually tired that you still try to perform or when you are um, frustrated by something that happened in the game that you can't really let it show because that would look bad towards your organization, for example, or towards everyone watching. Um, those things are put a, a lot of pressure on players. And I don't think all organizations are all as good as paying focus to those things. But it's good. definitely getting better, and that's why I said yes, because four years ago, nobody did it when FIFA was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. I think as well, you know, with the, the pandemic, mental health has been something that uh, has certainly come out more to the forefront and all the better for it. Just when we're talking about pro, I had a question as well, and I'll, I'll tag in old Buggeritz when he's managed to sneak in a second question as well. Is I was going to ask you, do the pros, you know, the, the Pixwell lads and Ryan and Saman, they look at the game different to yourself, you know, differently from Arm and yourself, John? And Obugget would like to tack this one as well as repetition and training is often said to be the key to performing at high level in sports. So do e-sport athletes do anything such as repeating certain skills in the arena to develop muscle memory, etc.? Um, so definitely repetition helps on the mechanically side of things, right? Always. Mm-hmm. Um, how you practice those things, how do you um, get those mechanics in, differs from each player, I think. There are players practicing that on the arena. For example, if I look at myself, I can't do it on the arena because it's actually very different from the inputs I would have to do in the match. right? So in the arena, you're walking towards the goal, uh, yeah. straight forward, you have to press left and right to do a ball roll. But when you're going from left to right, you have to press bo- up or down to do a ball roll. For my old mind, that's not the right way to practice it. <laughs> um, so there's a difference there, but definitely you have to do that a lot. But I think the main thing is that um, and that's human beings. That's just being a human being. You can't practice on many things at the same time. So right. talking about repetition is very important to take one uh, or maybe two, but mostly one, one topic on one thing and focus on that. Try to repeat that just during live matches, right? And if you do mm-hmm. that, then it will become of your system and then you can take it into the next next step. Um, but that's why I'm, for example, very against if you're not a pro player trying to learn skill moves right away. Make sure all yes. the basics are first there, and that sometimes we get us feedback on my coaching is right. Yeah, you just taught me how to pass and how to, uh, I don't know, how to create space or how to trigger runs. But that's really easy to do. Yes, but it's really hard to master. So if you don't focus on that during your programs, for example, you won't master it. But once you master it, then you actually see the difference. With players that didn't master it and just know how to do certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for pro players as well. And I think one of the biggest things pro players tend to do is they, they want to 
they really want to fly before they start to run. Uh, yeah. And sometimes you've got to slow them down. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. So is that how they potentially look at the game differently from yourself and Aaron then? If you're, you're dealing with pro players, do they look at the game differently from that point of view? Uh, it's really player-dependent, quite honestly, but we mm-hmm. definitely have to... Like, two years ago, when we didn't use data yet, right? Um, mm-hmm. One of the things when we said, okay, but like, look, you should focus on this, or this is what has, I can see there's improvement on here. Um, they tend to disagree with us. These days, we have the mm-hmm. data to build them up. And if we say you should focus on not losing the balls with your midfielder, for example, let's say I don't do that and we'll show them 20 examples within a second from that conversation, um, that does really help. And next time we have a conversation, we don't have to prove it anymore. Um, I think that's the first thing. And it has a lot to do with mindset. If you are open for feedback, you'll find feedback, right? If you trust in the process, mm-hmm. you will improve. Uh, but sometimes I think the biggest challenge we face with pro players, at least, is trying to convince them the process is worth the time they spend into it. And they actually need to learn to run before they start to fly. And sometimes we have to scale that back. And that conversation is usually the hardest to do. And that only happens with really good players, quite honestly. So <laughs> you should see it as a compliment when we do try to do that. <laughs> well, that's why you've never done it with me, John. I just follow exactly what you tell me to do, um, I have to say. Um Another question then. So, does the team and yourself come up with strategies to look at ways to combat the dark side of the force or meta as it's commonly known? So, are you always looking at different formations and different styles of plays to try and combat that meta? Uh, yes. Uh, let's talk for me personally then, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think as a pro player, um, changing your formation and stuff like that is that important, quite honestly. It can definitely win you matches at times. It can definitely mm-hmm. swing the swing the uh, the tides around, um, but you have to do that strategically, right? So, for example, you're looking at a match, you're seeing or oh, playing uh, the guys from uh, I don't know, let's say PSV next week. Um, so, how are we going to counter them? What are they using them? Then we're looking at their formations, their way of playing, and then we can either say, okay, we trust in ourselves, we play the formation we like, or we change it around, try to adapt to there because in the basics they are maybe on a higher level. That's how we change it there. Um, but that's about all the changes we do for pro players. For non-pro players, which is, of course, a big, big part of our um, well, our clients, which is a weird word, but still, you know what I mean? From our audience, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, we definitely know, right? I think uh, now there's a 4-3-3 running around, which like everyone is hyper about it, and we're like, yeah, but it's actually really easy to counter that. So then we make formation for people to use that. And I really like tuning those or doing those things because it's just fun. And I think it's mm-hmm. um, sometimes in FIFA uh, non-pro, for example, I think it's very easy to predict what's going to be good. And it just keeps turning, that cycle keeps turning around that meta cycle, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it will take, I know, it will take another week or four and then everyone's back playing five three two again. You know, so that's how it goes. Um, and at four three, we won't see any more in a week or two. Um, so you can really easily counter those uh, but I think the biggest change is now you're getting into the elite division which is this year new of course and, mm-hmm. and there you see people sticking to their own habits so you can run up to div 1 uh, run up towards div 1 so to speak and then play the 4-3-3 a lot or sport 1-2-1-2 and then you come into the elite division and you get a little bit higher up you won't face any of those anymore because then all the good players start using their own 
um, basic formations like the 442, the 442 second variant, 4231, uh, 4222, and nothing else. And I think that's the biggest difference in this year. So then now putting out information isn't the end all be all this year anymore. Brilliant. Brilliant. I hope that makes so sense. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. Because the reason I asked the question, John, I was thinking was there must be a formation that almost every formation in FIFA must have an uh, a formation that trumps it. Do you know what I mean? And it's whether that you guys are always constantly looking to see, look, they play a lot of that, we're going to change it to this formation and that actually. And just to give the audience an idea of the detail that you guys are looking at the game uh, for that point of view. Yeah, well, an example I can give, for example, if you look at the E division, many people play a 4 4 2, right? Or a 4 mm-hmm. 4 2 second variant. And if you can't, if you mirror that, it's a very close game. You can't really find space, for example. But if you switch that around for a 4 triple 2, suddenly your uh, horizontal passing lines become triangles, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then it can really open things up. But you have to be aware of that because it also will open up certain lines for your opponent. Uh, yeah. So you got to practice on, you can counter it with the 4222, but make sure you make, I won't tell the secrets, of course, but make sure this and this and this in covered because there is a new weakness created when you start doing that. That's the detail mm-hmm. we'll try to focus on. And that's why there's not one perfect situation, like one perfect formation, but there is mm-hmm. the 4231, which is so compact. It is really hard to find a definite weak spot in and that's why it's usually the be- the, the, the most common use formation at the start of the game for example until everything sort of opens up okay brilliant brilliant John thank you very much go, go, go to the audience questions now John so some a mixture of gameplay so Nathan uh, asked what is the best back button to use in different scenarios for close dribbling um that's something that's really FIFA dependent, right? So that's not that's definitely something that changes every year. Uh, last year mm-hmm. was definitely R1. This year it's a combination, I think. Uh, sometimes the L2, the shield button, is very useful. When, for example, in midfield, or you want to try to hold the ball in the box. I think the R1 dribbling is still very strong, but you have to be very gentle with it. Um, and I think one that's very underestimated is the L1 button. Uh, if you hold the L1 button um, and a player comes towards you and then you tap the sprint button towards a side you actually launch yourself past the player really easily. And I think that's the one that's very underused. And if you practice that one, it might give you some easy wins against opponents that aren't prepared for it at the current point. But I don't think there's one best or infinite button which does all the work this year, which I think is very good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Paul is asking, if you're finding yourself in a run of games where your opponents are evidently better... Your own standards are being upheld, and which is resulting in a run of defeats. What are the one or two things you would recommend trying in order to stem the tide? And the first thing I would always say is uh, at least make sure you don't get into that run. Uh, because if you get into a run, it feels like you're playing way too many games in a row. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the biggest important, biggest things, and we'll, st- we'll do a separate podcast about that topic next week, right? Um, which is a sidestep from now, but a little teaser. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one thing people tend to do is they tend to think about the bigger picture, which is also a very human thing to do, and they tend to worry about things they can't really influence. So instead of focusing on the match you're playing now, people are focusing on the fact that they still have to win three more games in the next five, for example, which mm-hmm. will make that that 
uh, or they focus on I already lost 10. I, I, it can't happen that I lose 15 in a row, right? Something like that. Yeah. And the moment you start thinking about something in the past which you can't influence or something in the future which you can't influence, it will actually deduct your focus and your performance levels and will keep you from reaching a flow state in the current moment. So one thing I would have always recommend when people are in that moment and they are like, hey, I'm having a bad run, I don't know what to do, then the first thing you do is take a break. Reset your brain from thinking about these uncertain things, right? Because the moment you mm-hmm. start thinking about, oh, I'm in a rut, you are in a rut, you need to get out of it, which means you got to get physically out of where you're sitting currently as well. And just stepping outside for five minutes, running around, taking a bicycle ride, taking a drink, or then I'll take a shower, moving your body mo- resets your mind. Usually, so That's one thing I used to definitely do. And of course, the second thing I could do, recommend, but it would be really teasing for me, is say, book a session at footcoaching.com. But <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, but uh, that wasn't a serious answer. Um, but the second thing you should do is um, have faith in yourself, right? I think it, mm-hmm. it, it, I've not ever seen anyone being on a certain level, especially in this game, in this version of the game. When you reach a certain division, you belong in that division. Period, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means everyone around you is, having, uh, is around the same level, which means all the games are going to be tight usually. But you are still in that division. You fought to, become, to get there, right? You belong mm-hmm. there. So don't give up. Have faith in yourself. Um, and I think definitely the first couple of times when you get into a new division, right? You're in the first time of elite division, for example. Sure, it will feel very punishing. But keep at it. Keep focused. Take a break when you need one and keep at it. Keep working on the good stuff. And it will fall over your way, right? It will work your way. Yeah. And after that, it will become second nature that you're there. Um, but don't go on a spree where you say, I need to put 10 out. I'm going to focus for the next 10 games. Make sure it's going to be there. Because if you're still doubting, those games will probably not help you at all. Oh, definitely. Wise words, John. Wise words. You'll be pleased to know only a couple of questions left. Um, old Bugger is in again. He's live on chat tonight. And uh, again, if you are interested in being live on, on the podcast, come join the Discord. Uh, really is a great place to be. He's asking, do you think you could come up with a Conte Spurs inspired 3-4-3? It's a personal uh, request from Obogra. He's looking for a 3-4-3 he can use in-game. Uh, and the short answer is yes, most definitely. Uh, the the <laughs> longer term answer is I wouldn't know when to do that and I don't think that is the biggest demand for it currently but I think it's mostly uh, I mean I'm a Conte fan right so there's definitely options to do that later on in the season <laughs> great stuff and then John this is my last question you'll be pleased and I want to really thank you for your candid answers I think everybody's really enjoyed it and I thank you for your honesty mate and everything you do for us for our discord and for the podcast what does the future hold for foot coaching Plus, uh, is there any changes to the game you see happening in the future? Uh, so what the future holds for foot coaching is um, expansion. I think that's the most important thing. We want to get our names out of there. We want to show the world that it is. We're on the on the breach of a new stage of esports. Um, esports is the, the real thing, and you have to take a professional approach, and we want to be on the forefront of that. How that exactly looks... Nobody knows, but I think that's what is usually the case when you're in front of it. <laughs> uh, but we're definitely ready for that. 
I think we got everything in place. We got a great team uh, with Salman, Ryan, and of course head foot coaching coaching department is Aaron. Um, and I think we got great partners, so we can only grow from here. Um, and I think that goes for the podcast as well. So I'm really looking forward to expanding that. Now we can actually spend more time into it. Um, so there's, there's definitely there. And the future of esports, I think if you look at FIFA, I am really looking forward, but I'm also a bit cautious, but I'm really looking forward to getting more into pro clubs. Um, mm-hmm. Stadiums full, fill a stadium, get 11 versus 11 machines on one side, like on the pitch, and just like proper player the game. Yeah. Um, without having to worry about cards or really putting on the skill level. I think that's going to be awesome. Um, I'm really li- liking some of the changes they made this year as well in foot, though, like two versus two. Um, mm-hmm. But I think teams, like teams, is uh, a very, um, like a very big part of um, how the future of FIFA would be in esports. Get more teams and get more dynamic in. Um, get more characters in as well, right? If you have a team dynamic, it's actually much more interesting than watching one player. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, th- I think that's that's definitely something we'll be um, working towards and ad- advocating about. Brilliant. No, I think it'll be a very, very interesting game. Certainly having two players and uh, hopefully it's no longer coming as well. We never live in uh, as well. John, that is all my questions done. Um, hopefully it wasn't too rough. Uh, I really want to thank you. You gave us some real honest answers, some great food for thought. And again, thanks very much. We do really appreciate you for everything you do for our Discord, our podcast. And I must admit, uh, food coaching for me is absolutely brilliant. And uh, I can't recommend it enough. I appreciate you saying that. And I just want to put it out there. I did not come up with this idea of interviewing myself, sort of, right? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, it was me. It was, all, uh, it was myself. Uh, it's just something I think uh, everyone enjoyed. I hope everybody's enjoyed it, uh, and it's been great. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've got something else, though. We want to take over the role for hosting for one moment. Um, yep. Isn't there something going on with Christmas, Chris? There certainly is. It certainly is. Um, for our wonderful Discord, and uh, uh, we're going to have a Christmas quiz, a festive quiz, on the 19th of December. It's a Sunday at 7 p.m. UK. I know we've got a few guys in different time zones, so please be able to work that out. Uh, myself, uh, sorry, Nathan and myself are going to uh, host it, mostly Nathan actually, uh, and we're going to have a festive quiz. And they were doing it for a good cause as well, John, aren't we? Yes, most definitely. So um, this one is really personal for me, right? So I'll try to explain it without starting to cry again, um, which you should help me with, by the way. Uh, no, but uh, I think most of the fans, or at least everyone in the Discord, knows uh, that I lost my mom about a month ago uh, due to cancer. And and we wanted to do something good for Christmas. So what we do is we're going to get in some donations. I'm, I'm definitely going to donate um, from Food Coaching, of course. And we're going to go donate to the KWF, which is the Dutch Cancer Society. Um, and their slogan is Against Cancer for Life. I think that, that goes for relatable for many people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're going to do a really fun quiz on that Sunday. The whole team's going to, we're going to try to get the whole team there together. And every single uh, contribution or uh, every, that's the other thing, every Patreon that subscribes to us from now on, from this show published on till the end of December, goes directly into the Dutch Cancer Society. We'll donate directly oh, towards you. That's awesome, mate. That is absolutely awesome. 
Um, so if there's anybody looking, thinking of joining, listening to this podcast, there's a great a great cause that you're going to be helping as well. As I say, the 19th, uh, it's free to enter. So we, we appreciate that not everyone can donate. Hopefully everybody can dig deep. Uh, but it's free to enter at 7pm UK. And it, uh, as you've heard, it's going for to a great cause. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. No problem. Our absolute pleasure. And we're going to be looking forward to it. Nath and I have already been working on some questions. And there are going to be some good ones in there. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, for sure. Most definitely. I saw some <laughs> something I can tease, though, if that's all right already. Uh, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the, the questions, uh, or the round of questions, is going to be, um, uh, who's the host? Where Nathan uh, is gathering some <laughs> quotes from different hosts over the past year. Uh, he's going to read out those uh, those quotes, and you all can guess who said that. <laughs> uh, just one hint: if it's a dad joke, it's probably Chris or me. Exactly, exactly. You know, but see, I'm glad I'm actually asking the questions, John, and not answering that one because I think that could be quite a tough one. Even though I've probably been on some of the shows. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one, though. I really like the idea. No, definitely, and I hope everybody can join us. That's for sure. Brilliant. Well, thanks for having me on for a chance, Chris. No problem. It, it just feels as- really weird hanging back and just listening and then answering. But hey. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm just going to say to you, John, where can people find you then? What are your socials? I think it's easier if I just say you at Food Coaching, right? Um, yeah. You'll find me there anyways. And if you have some, of course, Food Coaching is the company account, but I'm usually running it. So just <laughs> just go at Food Coaching. No, definitely. And you'll get me on our wonderful uh, Discord under Grandpapa Mac or on Twitter at uh, Foot and Review Teddy Bear. And John, there's only one thing we need to do. And what is it? Which is really weird when I can say it for the first time, but it's time to drop it. Drop it.